Hello and welcome back to the Thundersticks podcast. I am your host Ben Kreider and today I'm going to be breaking down a little bit of a rumor that has been circulating and that is with SGA and his current future with the team. There was not really like a rumor but it was more of just a conversation brought up on Brian Windhorse podcast that has just been making Twitter rounds like crazy. And I also just want to address the timeline in general based off of what the Thunder ended up getting through Tuesday's draft lottery. But before I start on that, guys, I want to apologize for not uploading like these past six, it might even be seven um, days. And the last time that ended up happening um, when I was gone, it was due to me having almost like COVID symptoms and I didn't have COVID. Thank goodness. It was just like a common cold, but my throat was Ugh, I could not say two words. I remember when I, you know, got back, even my throat was still killing me. But, you know, as for this one, I did feel a little bit sick. It wasn't like the last time, though. Um, but, yeah, I mean, nothing too crazy. I could have done it. Um, but, yeah, I had some other stuff going on. So I was extremely, extremely busy. And I did have some draft previews. I'll get you guys that later. But yeah, I mean, I kind of just wanted to address the main stuff that we had in this past week. And I did a roundup. Uh, I'd say about a week or two ago where I talked about Michich, I talked about Gabrielle Deck, a lot of different topics, and I think this is kind of going to be one of those episodes because there's a lot of stuff that I could talk about here. There is a lot. I mean, the NBA Combine just happened. I loved watching those games. I have stuff about that. I got draft profiles. I got my personal big board, like everything. Um, but I want to start a little bit more talking about the Thunder side of things because if I just came back from a week long of you know being absent where you know I've done daily pretty much since December like this little break was huge for me but um yeah if I just came back talking random draft combine stuff I don't know uh, that might be a little weird so I want to start off talking uh talking about SGA and everything so just beginning things um like I said I mentioned it the rumor came about on Brian Windhorse uh podcast and I just want to play a little bit of a clip of that so here it is yeah yeah they, they traded up they traded up with him with philly to get that pick oh, i'm not saying right. i'm not so saying it was the 13th pick i mean you can get a guy at six it's just no, gonna be harder no 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 for well sure. i'm i'm also gonna go out on a limb and say that the thunder within these next few years are will have at least one top five pick so they're, they're gonna get a lot more swings at that one you would you would think so but this They'll was get a lot a, more cuts a big moment yeah, no, they will. But this, I think, this was a big moment for them to miss on. Um, and and look, for sure, you know, with the gap, you know, I I'm Shea, I'm going to watch the Shea Gilgeous Alexander situation because w- all their guys are basically 18 years old, and then they've got Shea, and now they're traded for Kemba Walker. They're clearly still in asset um, accumulation mode. I think Poku's about 16. Right. I mean, all their guys are super young, so it, there's just. This team doesn't look like it's going to be ready to be competitive in the near term. And so when you have a guy like Shea, who's really good. And, and if they are, like that, if wonder. they are, Shea's plantar fasciitis will probably act up. <laughs> That's also well, true. It, it apparently acted up enough for him not to play for Team Canada, which yeah. I know was something that, that everybody was hoping for. So that was yeah. a little bit concerning. But, you know, we, we you know, Trey's getting the so as you guys just listened to that, I mean, it was more of just like random talk. They didn't have any sources like, oh, the Thunder are looking to trade SGA. It's more or less just those rumors you always hear swirling around. But the main person who was talking about SGA 
and the situation being monitored, as he said, was Tim Bontemps works for ESPN. Same goes with Brian Windhorst. But yeah, they were kind of just tossing stuff out there. And the main point that I kind of got out of that like minute long excerpt was that the Thunder, they might not be ready in time for SJ's timeline. And it's valid, um, but I don't think it's kind of at a point where you're trying to trade him immediately because, look, SGA, he's 22, and by tip-off time next year, he's going to be 23. His birthday is in mid-July, so, you know, I guess he's older than a lot of the other guys we have at hand, like a guy like a Poku, who's 19, Maladon's 20, and then a, a Dort, I think he's like 21 now, but yeah, I mean... 22 when you take everything to an account and let's even say 23 because that's what he's going to be next season long um you know that's not old at all that is very young for an NBA player especially one who's able to create their shot who's already shown to have all-star potential and a guy that the Thunder could have secured for the next six seasons because he finishes out his final contract here with the Thunder next season he just finished his third year and with a rookie contract i believe it's a two plus two of course they picked up the last two years that'd be stupid not to so he's gonna play out next year and then you're gonna have that max contract extension kicking in which sam presti would be an idiot not to give him the maximum offer like you're not gonna have any homegrown talent better than SGA come next year of course you give him a max you don't want him walking away because the last time he made a kind of rush decision you know what happened James Harden suited up for the Houston Rockets and we know how that story went right he's not gonna let that happen to Shea Gilgis Alexander so you'd see him play out next year you give him a five-year max and by the time he'd hit the free agency market he'd be 28 years old that's like the prime years that's where you kind of start to hit that that peak and then you kind of go on the decline but yeah we have him secured for the long run right now so to move him out would be very absurd especially right now but I do think what they were talking about in terms of the timelines maybe not aligning it does hold a little bit of merit to it and you can't really say yes or no right now because if let's just say if the Thunder walked out of Tuesday's draft lottery with number one and number five Obviously, you get Kate Cunningham. That's your sidekick. You're up and running. And at number five, you get a Kuminga, a Scotty Barnes, or whoever you want, really. Like, it wouldn't matter. He would have the future set up, and you'd be playing for right now. That would work, you know, on a time schedule-wise. But um, even, like, a top three pick, you know, because you would be guaranteed a Cunningham, a Mobley, or a Jalen Green. I think Jalen Suggs, in my personal opinion, I don't see him as a sidekick next to SGA. I'm not as high as him on him as you know some others maybe but yeah I think the three that would have worked are Cunningham Mobley or Jalen Green and probably Green more than than Mobley anyways but that would have worked out and obviously they did not get any sort of luck they rolled snake eyes got six and 18 and when you look at who's left on the board there's no surefire sidekick next to SGA and the consensus pick right now is Scotty Barnes and he has gotten so much praise I talked about him in uh, I, I guess my last draft profile series before we hit lottery night and I combined him with Keon Johnson just because I saw those two as some pretty high uh, pretty high guys we'd see flying off the board obviously now Johnson 
had a 48 inch vertical so he's good but I don't know if he's number six pick worthy right now I know for a fact Scotty Barnes is and he's even in some you know big boards at number three which is very very crazy but when I look at a Kuminga or a Barnes currently they don't fit and even looking at the wings the Mitchells the Book Knights the Moody's they have the potential I don't know if you immediately say they work though like you don't have any hits at the top three you had your hits they're gone now you don't have that kind of luxury anymore and it does make things a little bit difficult so if you're gonna go with a guy like a Scotty Barnes he's great yeah he can play some defense even with Jonathan Kaminga great defender very versatile and they're great at finishing around the basket but you need a guy who can be an off-ball threat and they can slash but um, they can't really shoot right now, and they would need to patch that up. That's a long, long process, and when you look at how the roster currently is constructed, you kind of already have one of those guys in Darius Baisley, where his three-point shot has kind of dropped off a bit defensively, it's whatever, but he likes having the ball in his hands. He can attack the basket at will. He's a great playmaker, but you need to have an all-around guy you can pair next to him, and I don't know if it's right there. So the sidekick's gone, uh, at least unless you're trading up and you know if you don't trade up you might be able to target someone there's a lot of steals in every single draft class of course but um you know it's it's not a guarantee right now and when you look at the current core of the roster let's break it down i think the second guy in line you'd probably say is lou dort is he gonna be your star uh you know your second best player on a championship roster no, I mean, he's a very, very good complimentary piece. Don't get me wrong. He could probably start, but I don't know if, if he's going to be starting up 25 points a game, right? Like he just goes in there, amazing catch and shoot guy, and he'll clamp up your best defender. Lovely, but he's not going to be that number two. And SGA, he's going to be, you know, one of your top two options. I don't know if he's the top dog, but he'd be very good. I don't know if you can say that about anyone else. Dort, Baisley, Maladon, even Poku, who has a ton of potential, we just don't know enough about him right now. Like, if he continues this trajectory where last season, uh, you know, he went from bum, you know, everyone hated him the first two weeks of the year, thought he shouldn't have been a draft pick at all, to now, we think he has the chance to be a star. You know, if he goes in next year, he could be one of those guys who balls out has a breakout year and could be in contention for most improved player and i'm not kidding and he's only 19 years old by the way so the sky's the limit with him but as i've mentioned i don't necessarily know if it's a guarantee and when you want to go since the thunder have so many picks 18 first round picks until 2027 i think there's like 17 or 18 seconds as well in order to start things up, you want to start going to playoff contention when you already have a sturdy foundation. And currently, I don't know if it's there. I think moves would need to be made to build out that foundation because you have the groundworks. You have SGA, you have guys in Dort, Poku, Maladone, Baisley, potentially, if he sticks around. Um, but yeah, I mean, three, four guys that you're just saying are going to be there. You need a lot more and you need guys that you truly believe are going to be superstars and i don't know how many you can pick out right now so it's not going to be this thing where we're contending next year we're not going to be probably even hunting for a playing spot now if we had Cade, definitely right and hell i guess you could try to trade up for him you could try to trade up for a jalen green but i don't think 
you right now are thinking playing. I think next season is going to be just like this one. And for some people, they're not going to be too happy about it. That's ridiculous. There's a lot of franchises who have been stuck in rebuilding phases forever, like eternal rebuild phase. We don't want to just go into the play-in and then whoop-de-doo, we're stuck in play-ins for the next five seasons. Like why on earth would we want to be doing that? So strictly based on the timeline, like, you know, it's not going to be our year next year. Like we're still going to be, as Bontemps mentioned, like in asset accumulation mode. And he thought of SGA as an asset. He's the holy grail of assets right now for the Thunder, right? Like how many first round picks would it take to acquire SGA? I mean, we've seen it with stars. Like, when you look at the Paul George trade, we got five firsts, SGA and Gallo. At the time, SGA wasn't SGA yet. He was just seen as, you know, a solid rookie who has some potential. You know, if you're making a deal for SGA, I'd assume the return would be close to that. You know, I don't know if it'd be as lucrative, but you'd be getting young pieces and you'd be getting a lot of picks. So, I guess on that front, it, you know, you kind of want to try to talk yourself into it, but heck... No, you want to run things out and see if you can get that sidekick. And when you're thinking of it, like, you know, how difficult is it for the Thunder to produce some homegrown talent here? And everything has to come through the draft. Who is looking at Oklahoma City on a map and thinking, I want to go there? Like, you know, these NBA guys, they, they got some money. Like, if they got the option to go play for the Lakers or play for the Thunder for the same price think they're gonna go play for the Los Angeles Lakers and a lot of us have just come to accept that like I don't think that's really a surprise to anybody here that's just how small small markets work like the odds are always going to be stacked against them so there's no reason to try to throw the dice again you got five that's amazing look at what happened in the lottery I mean we got picked six in 18 that's the second worst outcome and yeah, I mean, it's halted the rebuild for sure right now. Like, we don't even know what's up with um, what's up with the timeline, you know, supposedly with SGA, because there is still the puzzle pieces that have gone unsolved. As of right now, we're kind of just stuck in neutral. You know, for what we did last season, it was clearly a positive. There's no way we should have had Horford playing. There's no way we should have been contending, right? No reason to rush SGA back or nothing. He's not even playing in the Olympics. That was stupid. Like, you shouldn't... Yeah, like, it would have been stupid to try to compete for a play-in. So what we did, even though you only got picked 6 and 18, was a gigantic plus. Things going to have to happen next year, though, and the odds can still roll unfavorably. And you don't want to see that. So, I mean, I guess the easy fix is bundle up three, four first-round picks and try to move up. The Cavs at three, the Raptors at four. Obviously, the Cavs much better. I think there's kind of in my book, uh, a cut of three, you know, people are saying it's a five or six person draft. I think it's a top three thing. And then it kind of dig- digresses from that point. But I think the top three in Cade, Mobley and green, those are the money makers. And I don't know what the Houston Rockets want to do. Ideally, I think a Jalen green would be perfect next to Shea Gilgis Alexander. But yeah, I think if you want to try to trade it like trade up, that would make sense, and that'd make it so the timelines are working. You just want to have someone paired to SGA as soon as possible. I think you can get that out of the draft. That's the only way to do it. You could try to make deals, but yeah, I mean, regardless, like, 
if they don't move up and they gotta, you know, take their roles on 6, 16, 18, 34, 36, and 55, if you even want to, you know, include that, I guess you could get some, some sort of asset there, like, you still need to wait, and it's gonna be a waiting game, like, there's no guys that are not labeled as projects right now, past, like I said, three, right, like, a Barnes, he's lovely defensively, the shot needs work. Kaminga is the exact same. So you don't go out there right now and you think we're going plans. We're not going plans next year. There's no way on earth. And if they do, that's going to be some fun basketball. Like watching the team last year was super duper fun. But yeah, like I'd be shocked. And I don't know exactly how that bode in the future. So I don't think you just move on from this tanking phase. It's still going on. And it's going to be weird because SGA is definitely going to move you up. Like, he's going to make it competitive. And you got Kemba Walker who, if he suits up in a Thunder jersey, he's also going to make it competitive to where they probably are a playing team anyways. Now, we don't know what's going on with the center spot, but their team could be sneaking in there if you don't offload Walker as quickly as possible. And that's kind of where that ripple effect starts to go in to where you're thinking you know, where, where does everything align? But you don't want to press the issue. And I talked about the nine picks the Thunder have. And I think one of them, I just wanted to toss in the Thunder one for next season. Technically, it's like a lottery protected pick owed to the Hawks, but come on, are they really going to be out of the top 14? Heck no, they're going to get that pick. So I'd say nine, and then they got the second rounds. They still have a lot of opportunity in the future. And let's say in three years, everything is all crummy. Maybe you go and try to draw something up, but there is no good reason you want to trade SGA after one year. And I've seen way too many Twitter photoshops to even talk about it like i i don't understand the mindset um of some of these people like it's wild you think you can trade contavious caldwell pope taylor horton tucker and three first round picks to get sga like who does that who thinks that's normal (laughs) that's not gonna happen man but but yeah i mean that's just kind of me kind of rambling about sga's trade value of course he brings you a lot but you don't even want to think about it like and let's say in three years if we talk three years from now, SJ's 25 in this offseason. We'd have him, and 25 is still relatively young. That has a lot of trade value. So you could trade SGA, and you would still be getting a mother load package. I don't know why you'd want to move him now as opposed to later, because I don't think the package would change very much at all. I think people are bought into SGA's potential It's not even potential right now. They know he's playing at all-star levels. They know he can be a serious threat on a championship team. He's 22. You're not going to move him right now. You wait and you see. But even then, you still want to rule him as untouchable. Like, let's say the Thunder are terrible. They don't have anybody to surround SGA with. And it's like a doomsday scenario in whatever offseason it be. Like 2024. You still don't make him a tradable guy like you look at things now Damian Lillard has been kind of stuck for like the last eight years and now there's finally rumblings of a trade rumor and they're stuck in that zone I don't know if it's going to be done this soon it's going to take a lot more time but yeah I mean that's just kind of how 
how I view things here, but uh, but yeah, I mean, I just see see it more as a waiting game, and you see what you hit on, like, you have teams jumping up and down in all these different lottery classes, and we have the Clippers picks, we have some Rockets picks, which sadly, there's like a little break in the action, like, they ruled it, so pretty much they're giving us nothing for this pick last year it's like a second round pick if even that it might be protected so it never comes to us but there's like a two-year gap to where next time we're even looking at a rockets pick is like 2023 or 2024 i might be a little bit off there but yeah i mean there's that cut in the action and yeah i'm checking it right now it looks like 2024 is when you resume here so it's a little rough and they're gonna have more pieces to surround kpj martin and whoever number two is uh by that time but yeah i mean the rebuild's not over here i still think the thunder have one of the brightest futures but yeah i mean you definitely need to trade up you definitely need to hit on these picks and you keep talking because if you just if you just bust out three times in the first round it will be a little bit different um you know it's gonna be a bit of a different atmosphere because this has kind of been this honeymoon phase where we just kind of sit back we sit back, relax, look at all the potential we have, and you don't need to face the reality. We finally got that first glimpse of reality saying, you know what, the lottery doesn't always just pan in our favor, and yeah, you got to work from here. Now, Sam Presti's one of the smartest in the game. He's going to get you the best package possible, and he might be our greatest asset of all when we are just being honest here, but um, yeah, he, he can't turn water into wine, right? Like, if you get pick six, it's going to be rough. Like, we're seeing it now. You think trading up from six to one is going to be easy? There's that route with, you know, Cleveland maybe as that mediator. The middleman at pick three, you can get a swap where OKC gets one. Detroit gets three, and, you know, Cleveland gets Kuminga or Barnes at six or something. But it still take a lot of value. And, yeah, I mean, next year you look at it, you got Holmgren. And then the year after that, that's where you got Amani Bates. Like, they're... There's a lot of hyped prospects up top, and we don't really have everything else kind of rummaged through, but yeah, like, you got to get those hits up top or else it's going to be shaky, and luckily, like, every single draft, the top five doesn't always have hit, 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 hit. Like, you look at 2003, clearly the best draft class we've had. Um, You know, if you want to debate, I guess, technically, like, 84, I think. Um, but yeah, I mean, since 2000, this has got to be it, right? Like you got LeBron James, Carmelo Anthony, Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh, and at number two, Darko Milicic. There's always going to be one of those bad guys in the bunch. And there's always those steals, the Giannis's, the Jokic's, and, and kind of everything in between. Like you look at mid first round picks, like a guy like John Collins almost too, where they just break out from like, what, 18, 19 wherever john collins was definitely outside the lottery though and look at him now he's balling out for the atlanta hawks like you can find hits anywhere and i'm a big fan of this draft so if i was going into the the room with 6 16 18 in the two seconds i actually would i I would be pretty confident that you could get some something to put next to sga and i'll break down my draft board but i think as of right now there are a lot of guys that have just really gone by everyone's head and one of those is JT Thor. He looked amazing in his pro day to where I genuinely genuinely think pick 18 would make sense to take him. And I said on Twitter, it didn't go over well. Like, you know, it was, it was more of a disagreement, but 
I think reaching on a guy like Thor makes sense. There's even guys like Isaiah Todd in the second. There's guys, but you need the superstars. And yeah, I think guys like a Thor do, do have that potential. So I think going into draft day, regardless of where we sit at, you need to be going for potential. Next year, you need to be going for potential. You need to try to get these stars to get next to SGA because if you get one of those, now it's a completely different game. You look at like the Trailblazers. I use their example, you know, not too long ago. Like look at Damian Lillard and look at CJ McCollum. They have been yin and yang for like the last seven years, right? Like no one is getting close to them. Like they've stuck through thick and thin. And now finally they're thinking of maybe trades, right? You just need to get that second pairing and then you can start, you know, working like you need, that's the foundation. Truthfully, that's the foundation. And then you work. And the thing that's lovely about the thunder is they have so many draft picks to where, you know, they trade up to make some big, big plays this year. They still have picks and taking three first round picks out you know, if you're able to move up and get the guy you want, that's a worthwhile investment. Look at the Poku trade we made and look at this year's draft class. Like we're even upset about pick number six to some degree, you know, like we're upset about that 16, 18. You want to package those up. Look at the picks we have in the future. These lucrative Clippers, 2027 first round picks, the Houston Rocket swaps. You know, our pick was seen as one of the most valuable, and we're at pick six. Like, that is a lot of, it's, there's a lot of hype surrounding those until you hit lottery night. So, with there, with there being so much potential in the future, you could use those picks to your advantage and get the guy you want right now. I think this is one of the more stacked draft classes we've seen in a while. That's a common consensus, and I'm not going to go against people saying that. I think there's so much, you know, talent really filling out the first the first round and even kind of tipping into the second and you saw that a lot in the combine which I said I'm going to be talking about in the next episode but yeah there's so much and you go for the young assets and you don't want to go in and just make sure SJ's happy right away like we still need to be going for the rebuild here but um but yeah I think that that it's going to take some time and you know, once you break things down in the next two, three years, then you look back at it. This SGA rumor to me is just complete garbage. It's it's pretty laughable because it, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. No way on earth. But I want to talk about SGA. Also, Kemba kind of mentioned it already, but it's in terms of this timeline. And I know my initial reaction to Kemba Walker, uh, I ended up talking a bit about the timeline already and a little bit might be some reiteration here. So if you guys have already listened to that one, my apologies, but I still think it is worth talking about because a lot of you guys actually came over and started listening after I talked with Hunter and Clemente. I really appreciate everyone who uh, who is a Bricktown Breakdown fan. Really good pod. And uh, yeah, but yeah, appreciate them. Appreciate them for hopping on. Saw them at the Mule for the party. I think I already mentioned it, but yeah. Uh, it was a great time, but anyways, I talked with them, and that was before when I talked about the Kemba trade, but I just want to talk about the initial impact it kind of made and who shuffles around here, and it all is based upon when Kemba Walker gets traded because if we if we just move him automatically, we get a guy like a Kristaps or just a guy like Davis Bertons and Scraps, who cares? We just get rid of him, and that's that. You're looking at 
the same thing as last year where Isaiah Roby, Williams, Deck, everyone who's just a role player, they're going to get their reps and you're going to be able to mine for talent. Think if Walker plays and is playing 25-30 minutes when he's appearing, you lose out on the chances at evaluating all 15 guys on the roster and that is a big no-no in my book for what the Thunder's rebuild should be looking like currently. So, Kemba Walker's deal is ugly. It's like three years, 100 mil. It's going to be guaranteed. I think there's like a player option, but you'd be stupid not to pick that up. So it's going to be three year, 100 mil. If he sticks around, which could happen, I still think it's like a Horford or like a Chris Paul where he's on and off. He's not playing every single game, but he's going to be there. And when he's there, he's going to have to be starting next to Shea Gilgis Alexander. That is that. You got to find that happy medium between letting the young guys play, but also making sure you can build up Kemba Walker's trade value because we already know he's a great guy. I think everybody around the league knows he's a top point guard. You know, he's one of the better ones in the league. Like he's been an all-star before. He consistently averages like 20 points and like five, six assists. He is still going to be able to do that with the Thunder. But you look at the Teos, look at the Ty Jeromes. You got to cut it up nicely so everybody gets a big enough slice. And Kemba was taking up a huge one when he would be playing because we know SGA, night in, night out, he's getting 30, 32 minutes. I don't know if more, but he'd, he'd be getting at least 30 plus a night. That is a given. And that on, on its own kind of takes away from the guys that we have come to love from last year. Teo Maladon and Ty Jerome specifically. Ty Jerome played like 24 minutes a game. And when Ty was playing, SJ wasn't. Same goes with a guy like Moses Brown. Like the G League guys did not play with SGA a lot. Simply because SGA got hurt in March. The guys, the newcomers, they came in in March. So they didn't play a lot. But yeah, with SGA there, clearly Ty's still a backup. He was playing behind Teo. But also, when Kemba's playing... Teo's gonna have to be a backup too and I guess you could try the six-man thing but regardless Kemba needs the 25 minutes he'd be a pretty heavy usage six-man at that so Teo gets strained by that and Ty Jerome also gets strained by that and the one thing I've always stressed on this podcast is this is a four-guard rotation team and we've seen it consistently throughout the year I think it's no matter what it's two point guards two shooting guards and we have so many combo guards there's a lot of options when you want to dig into that, but for the most part, you don't oftentimes see like a third stringer come into games for us, except when we're getting blown out by 50 points. Then you give Charlie Brown, you know, the the go-ahead, and he can play for 10 minutes, right? But I think it's four guards, and with Kemba there, it's SGA, Kemba, Teo, and Ty, and there's so much. We could see a completely different team by, you know, next tip-off, like maybe we don't see everybody here but I just want to look at it from what we currently have and we'll talk about the the what ifs later but with that who's a guy who was amazing at the two guard but might not be able to get the time now Kenrich Williams you gotta play Kenrich Williams his minutes and he was already kind of lowballed on minutes from the beginning of things like I remember he had a good game against maybe Orlando and then against the Bulls in February, he pretty much saved the game. He pushed it to overtime, and it was pretty much a classic for for the year. But regardless, he only played 21.6 minutes, and he was healthy all year. But 
only played 66 and a lot of things you got to read into the details like Kenrich would play for 15 minutes some games and then he'd be starting when someone was hurt so he was never a consistent variable here with the rotation and he would not be I guess it'd be constant. Yeah, he wouldn't be a constant variable with Kemba here. And he'd be pushed up to small forward. And he'd still be playing two guard without Kemba. But he's going to be pushed up there to small forward a lot. And luckily, he can play two through four just fine. But then you look at the small forwards we currently have. And then you kind of start making it a head scratcher. So, Kenrich would be playing at small forward. Isaiah Roby, he plays at the three. He showed light there. He can play center. We don't have one right now. So let's just say he can, he can play small ball five. I don't know if it's a long-term option with him, but whatever. We just give it to him. What about a guy like Gabriel Deck? He's a three and a four. You know, he was, he was all right. He was a good passer, good post player, but the shot needs some work. That set shot did spell some doom. And, you know, like maybe he doesn't make the cut for you. So... He might lose some minutes out there. A guy like Josh Hall, who we don't have, you know, future clarification on. Like, it still seems, based on, like, his Instagram and stuff, still seems like his heart's in Oklahoma City, but we don't own, we don't own his rights right now. Like, he finished the two-way deal. He's a restricted free agent come next year, and someone might want to bite. I know on a two-way, everyone would love to have him. You know, that 25-point game, he has the potential. Definitely is one of the more special undrafted players that came out of last year's class but I don't know about a full-on offer maybe like a one-year test him out but yeah I mean even if you get him back he'd just be a Oklahoma City Blue superstar and if he emerges now it's even more of a fight so I think it's already tough as is and then you look at Lou Dort who would be the presumptive starting small forward and it gets messy because you want to have just one guy behind him, but it's not really like that currently on the rotation. And when you look at the power forward spot too, I feel like it's still set. It's kind of set in stone because you have Alexei Pokashevsky, you have Darius Baisley. I feel like they might need more than 24 minutes a piece. Like, you don't just evenly coat them. Poku showed so much potential. You'd want to be playing them more than that. And Baisley... He got minutes too. Like, I don't think you just ax him after what he did at the end of the year. Maybe he can get the shot back over the summer, and it's a serious positional battle there. But they kind of have it locked down at power forward, and I think Poku can try to drop to three. Hell, I don't even know if you want to try him at the five based on his current frame, but he can move places too. So, luckily, there's all these moving parts, but with that, that also means, you know, some parts are going to get filled up easier than others. And the guys who are still versatile, they're done for. So a guy like Charlie Brown Jr., I don't know if he even makes it past training camp, truthfully. A guy like Deck, I hope I hope we you know see a little bit more of him because we only saw like 10 games or so. But he might have a tough go at it. Like the rotation is so crunched up now at the guard spots and it even moves up to the small forward spot and just everywhere due to this and you look at the draft table i didn't even mention it here you got five draft picks you get the you get another garden how do you split it up what impact does kemba walker have on the rotation now if we go ahead we move up we get a jalen green a jalen suggs and we still have kemba kemba has to be off the bench but now you got teo you got ty 
that is a tough conversation you're going to have to have with one of those guys. And even at small forwards, like there's going to be a lot of people that are going to have to be cut. And there's going to be surprises just solely based off the draft unless we move up because we have way too many picks right now. I'm going to say five because I think six, the sixth pick we have is going to be a stash. But there's so many picks we have that it's going to make for some difficult, difficult calls down the line. But from a timeline timeline standpoint, like it does make it weird because he doesn't better you in the future at all. I think we know that. That's why we ended up getting picks. That's why we got the first round pick for him. And, you know, like the Celtics didn't want him because they knew in the short term he wouldn't work out for us. In the short short term, he doesn't work out because he makes you better. I don't necessarily know if you want that. He also scrunches up the minutes. And in the long term, he's already 31 years old. You're complaining about SGA being 22? Look at this guy. Damn near 10 years older than him. Like, you can't have him in the future. He's going to have to be gone by the end of this contract. Like, he's not going to be here for long. It's like a one-year rental again. And hopefully, you move him before that point. But... He does make the questions a lot harder, and just with him playing, of course you're going to increase how much wins you're getting, so whether it's four or five extra wins, that is going to be very detrimental when it comes to lottery balls, and the Thunder, you know, if they lost the coin flip, they'd be the Cavs, they'd be number three. You want to make it that simple? I'm going to make it that simple, and when you look at everything, I think the Thunder, out of the five or six spins they had with the balls, because there were some repeats, their name only popped up like three times, like three times they had a chance based on the final number to get that, to get the pick. That's terrible. And they have the fourth best odds. So you move it up to like seventh or eighth, you still have a chance up top. Sure. But, um, you know, you don't want to be hurting your odds because in most law, in in most lottery spins, the Thunder would have got something better than, uh, than what they ended up getting. But Kemba helps you and that's almost a bad thing right now so he hurts that timeline it makes it more of now you're almost in the play-in hunt and you're gonna bench him so I still think you're looking around that 28 30 win area and I'll definitely update that as we see more moves kind of go in and out of the team but yeah like the timeline does shuffle a bit and as it was mentioned on the podcast uh, you know, Brian Windhorse, of course, SGA is now like this guy that you think about getting traded. And that was, I still think he's untouchable. I think it's still ridiculous. Like if you get picked six and 18, doesn't change much. You see how everybody develops for the next two years and you look at it now, uh, look at it then. I mean, but yeah, I mean, that's just my take on it. That's my take on the timeline. I know this episode, I was kind of just talking here and there. I was talking everywhere in these, what, like 30, 39 minutes wherever I'm at right now, but yeah, I mean, if you guys have any other things you want me to fill in, I'll talk about it next episode, I'll talk to it on Twitter, you guys know where to hit me up, I'm just at Ben Kreider on Twitter, you guys can check out the pod at Thunderstick Pod, and you guys can also check out all the other great podcasts in the Basketball Podcast Network, you can find them at HoopsPodNet, pretty much got every team now, I think there's only like one or two missing, but they're looking to add on some more. So you guys can get coverage from all these teams, you know, the draft teams, uh, the teams in the playoffs. You know, there's still a lot of conversation going on with what we've seen Trey Young going off, having to carry the Atlanta Hawks. Still got Gallinari. He's amazing too. But yeah, 
final four teams remaining pretty damn interesting playoffs always seems to be kind of fun towards the end here so it's lovely but um yeah i mean that's my talk for today like i said if you have anything else you guys would like to ask me just talk to me on twitter tomorrow or wednesday i will be talking about the draft combine so even more guys if you want me to talk about a certain player from the combine just make sure to tell me and i will cover them but other than that though guys that is gonna wrap up today's episode i thank you all for listening and i will talk to you all next time see ya